if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible. It's your host, Nathan Binder. After a somewhat lengthy hiatus, returning in the offseason with the one and only Dane Vega. How are you doing, Dane? I'm doing great. I'm rejuvenated. The break was excellent. Glad to be back as we approach, you know, the most fun part of the draft season. Looking forward to this episode and being back with you guys. So thanks for listening. Hopefully you're coming back because it's been a while, like you said. Yeah, it's been a minute. Hopefully you weren't uh, too concerned about our, our well-being. But long story short, we had basically potted up until the fantasy playoffs. At that point, if you're in the fantasy playoffs, there's only so much advice we can give you. And personally, uh, the Eagles were you know, going for the one seed and had a, a playoff run to... Uh, to go through. So I was kind of more focused on that at fantasy at, at that point in the season. And, uh, and then plus our, our schedules got a little complicated and it's much easier to do this when we're already kind of focused on fantasy, uh, rather than, you know, taking time out of our schedules to do it that way. So, um, yeah, we're back and we've got an exciting episode. We are going to rank the NFL receiving groups from one to 32 focusing primarily on the the receiver groups but also slipping in um you know some tight ends where it's relevant because you know kansas city if you were to rank their receivers they would be an obvious bottom barrel of the list but as soon as you add tight end they skyrocket up so i thought this would be interesting not only does it give us a look at you know who are some of the best offenses in the league going into the next fantasy season but also some of the movement that's happened in free agency in the past two weeks um how has that impacted these teams offenses because I think a simple but but good fantasy football philosophy to have is to draft players on offenses that you think are going to be good because they will possess the ball for more than other teams and they will score more points than other teams. And so that's that's one way to frame this sort of ranking. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's something I'm going to lean into uh, this year even more so with my philosophy of drafting a team. Like if I'm between two guys, the tiebreaker and the only tiebreaker will be is this team really good or are they just subpar and i think this guy has opportunity because i'm going to take the team that's really good like you said they're going to score more touchdowns more yardage more points and that's really what we get scored on in fantasy football so that's i agree entirely with that sentiment yeah the more the more i've done this it seems like game script is the biggest thing to look at and so you know when you assess offenses to draft teams off of the the best thing you can do is take teams take players on teams with incredible offenses and terrible defenses because not only will they be scoring a lot but they'll be forced to score a lot because they'll giving be giving up a lot of points so that's a sort of a macro thing to keep in mind but without further ado Dane why don't we get into these uh get into these rankings 
Oh, let's do it. We're we're ahead of the curve here. Most podcasts don't get to the main content for like three and a half minutes. I read somewhere, so uh, we're like a minute and a half. Let's go. Yeah, we're we are wasting none of your time. Uh, maximum efficiency. That's just the way we do it here at the Fantasy Bible. Okay, let's go one through five, and then we'll kind of do groups uh, of five, and then maybe at the end of this, we can even come up with with tiers because I think some of these teams will naturally fit just like players do into different uh, tiers of of skill. So. My first five, and I'm, I'm curious how how well we line up here. I have at number one, the Bengals, with obviously Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. At number two, I have the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Um, obviously, there are other players on the Dolphins, but those are the two I'm mostly concerned about. And then at three, I have the Eagles, obviously, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, who, while he is a tight end, is a major part of that passing attack. And then I have the 49ers with Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. And rounding things off, this was kind of the hardest one to, to put in this top five, but I still have the Buccaneers because I think just the duo of Evans and Godwin. I know Godwin didn't look quite himself last year, but I, I, I'm hopeful that he'll be uh, a year removed from injury and playing a lot better this year. So we are eerily similar here, which is pretty cool. I also had the Bengals number one overall, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd to round that trio out. Um, I think it's just barely edging out Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Uh, Their third wide receiver as of now is Braxton Berrios. Not super exciting. So I think, um, you know, comparable talent in the one and twos there with Chase Hill, Waddell, and Higgins. So I thought that the edge goes to the Bengals there. And then I also had the Eagles, number three, A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith has proven against all odds to be a great NFL wide receiver given his frame. Dallas Goddard certainly edges into the conversation here. He's a thousand yard tight end last season. Very, very good player. 49ers, also my number four, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. And then I even added CMC into the equation because he's an anomaly. (laughs) Like if you have a a running back who's catching 70 plus receptions out of the backfield, that has to go into some form of the equation. I think that's he's like Camara basically, but not not 2023 Camara. Anyways, my fifth team where we differ here is the Minnesota Vikings. I just put Justin Jefferson on a pedestal here. I think that what he does for that offense is just so fun to watch so incredible and it kind of edges out like the good duos of the nfl at wide receiver and edges out every other single star wide receiver in my mind so i just think it gives them that x factor and to supplement justin jefferson they do have kj osborne who's like a big play guy and tj hawkinson who proved to be very serviceable at tight end in the receiving game for them too um, but they don't have a lot of depth at wide receiver, so that's where you'd knock them. I could understand having them much lower, uh, or at least a few spots lower. But for me, it was enough that Justin Jefferson is so good. I want him there. Yeah, I think the reason that I have them lower is because I saw that last year that a good cornerback can still shut down Justin Jefferson, and then the Vikings' pass attack is almost completely neutralized. Like Darius mm-hmm. Slay locked down Justin Jefferson. And the the Vikings played a terrible game. And so I think that's the only reason I, I actually have them significantly lower because as the league become, moves to more to our passing attack, it's like you need more than one weapon is essentially my, my philosophy. Yeah, I originally had them about five spots lower. And then as I was really equating in my mind, I was like, who's a game breaker? Like 
Justin Jefferson is that guy, much more so than a couple of the duos and single leading talents on the receiving core that I have a bit lower than them. So, yeah, I can totally understand each argument. It's how much you weight the wide receiver one in an offense. But, yeah, when you shut that guy down, what else do they have? Well, not a lot compared to the other top teams on this list. So, And, yeah, that's that's fair. I, th- I think it'd be almost like we would have to do a, a statistical analysis of tying wide receiver one production to wins versus, yeah. you know, wide receiver one and two production to wins and things like that. Um, so I, yeah, I have them lower, but I, I do think that's fair because when we talk about these players, Justin Jefferson is a top five player in, in, in what we've named. And so it makes sense. Um, I think also like, so I, I struggled a little bit, like I wanted to put the dolphins number one because they just have that combination that is yeah. in my mind, the most, deadly combination in the NFL um, with Tyreek Hill and and Waddle there. But Tyreek Hill and Waddle are both like, you know, they're not the same player, but they're a similar style of player. And I, I just sort of tend to enjoy the the Eagles and the Bengals, even though I rank the Eagles a spot lower, just that basketball team construction of you have someone that's fast or strong like Jamar Chase or AJ Brown then you have a possession type receiver like Devontae Smith or T Higgins even though Higgins is a huge 6-4 you know mm-hmm. possession catch body control receiver and Smith is a much more lie thin frame I feel like they operate in a in a similar fashion like Smith is surprisingly good at going up and getting contested catches for his frame um so that just kind of variety is really appealing to me, but the Dolphins, I struggled a little bit and considered putting them at number one overall, just because the speed factor is insane. Yeah, I also struggled. I flip-flopped on one and two the same way. Um, And if it was just like a top two receivers rankings, I think I'd be Dolphins hands down for me. Like just what what they're able to do with those two players on offense is electric. Oh, we saw it last year. So fun to watch. Uh, they set records as like the most productive uh, wide receiver duo in NFL history. And I don't see any reason that could slow down other than injury. So very exciting to watch what they'll do again this season. And it's sort of interesting to look at these in the framework of like the quarterbacks, you know? So like Bengals, obviously they're catching from Joe Burrow elite Eagles catching from a very good quarterback. Um, but then when you look at like like the Vikings, for example, like the Viking, like I don't think Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. I don't think many people do. He's probably, you know, somewhere around no. the 12th to 15th best quarterback in the league. But they produced like one of the best offenses in the NFC. And so when you look at that, and then when you look at regardless of what your opinion of Tua is, I think that, you know, there's no way that this sounds obvious, but Tua has the season he does without those receiving talents. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way to sort of calculate it is how much did the receiving group sort of lift up the quarterback and uh and i think you could say that about the eagles as well just because the addition of aj brown marked a significant statistical difference in jalen hurt's production but let's move into these next five here why don't you give me your six through ten all right so at number six i have the buffalo bills uh stefan diggs kind of in the similar argument here for why i have them so high um their wide receiver two being gabe davis a fantasy football darling but ultimately uh lacking a disappointing bit, yeah lacking a bit of what you wanted last season from both an nfl and fantasy football outlook there um and you know beyond that they have like hardly anything they have khalil shakir 
is their next guy up. They traded away Isaiah McKenzie or let him walk in free agency. Sorry. Um, Dawson Knox. Yeah. And then Dawson Knox, who's like a one or two play a game guy. And that's not really something we're looking at as a, a pivotal point in this receiving core for this exercise. So I just think what factoring also in the QB talent of the group, I think what Josh Allen can do with Stefan Diggs and the accompanying cast here i think it's worthy of the sixth spot in my mind but i also had them a bit lower and then i moved them up as i kind of adjusted for wide receiver one talent at number seven i have the bucks you said it well mike evans chris godwin still just an incredible duo um again the archetype difference of mike evans being the big play contested catch guy chris godwin the uh, possession receiver over the middle short yardage and they're they're still very good players. Uh, Russell Gage behind them, a serviceable wide receiver three, kind of like Tyler Boyd, but maybe not as good. But um, number seven, sorry, number eight, the Chargers, uh, similar tandem here with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, almost the same archetype you can prescribe with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They have Josh Palmer behind them, a serviceable wide receiver three again. And Gerald Everett, maybe not worth mentioning, but he's a guy at tight end that they can also choose to use or not. You hope to see more gains from the Chargers this year, but uh, on paper, I think I believe that they're number eight on my list. So uh, Raiders are number nine for me. Again, the Devontae Adams thing, just kind of breaking the breaking the world open here. Uh, if we factor in quarter play, quarterback play, I, I don't know if they drop a few, probably, maybe not. We'll have to see. That's kind of up in the air between uh, what Derek Carr can do for this offense and Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, in, off, in the offseason, they just added a bunch of like – Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Jacoby Myers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're just really trying to take the last three years of the Patriots archetype of wide receiver and bring it on. I don't know if that's great. So behind him is Hunter Renfro. You can you know, just the, tell that the Raiders are going to suck. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very much leaning toward that. Uh, but as far as production goes, I do believe Devonte Adams will still be great. So that's why he's there. And rounding out my six through 10, I have the, Cleveland Browns. Uh, Amari Cooper, they just acquired Elijah Moore. Uh, behind him is Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's been a serviceable wide receiver two or three for them. And David Njoku, who I think should be mentioned in the conversation, because as a pass-catching tight end, when they have chosen to use him, they haven't always chosen to use him. But when they do, he is a menace for defenses to deal with. And uh, quarterback play included, you know, not based on character, but based on talent on the field. Uh, I think it elevates all of these receivers a bit. So I think there's a case to be made that could be a top 10 receiving core in the league. So this is where things get interesting. Would you believe that I don't have any of your 6 through 10 in my 6 through 10? I wouldn't because this is the area I changed the most because it it changed whether I valued the wide receiver one or the whole group or whatever other factors. So I'm curious to see what you got. So I think that... um... I, I think I factored in groups a little like more than you did uh, versus mm-hmm. like star receiver. And then I also factored in a little bit of projection. Um, okay. So either teams that like they had a bad year last year and I think they might improve or players that showed promise that I think are going to take a huge leap this year. So at number six, I have the Seahawks. Um, 
DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I think is a really strong combination of receivers. Like Tyler Lockett is probably the most underrated receiver in the NFL. If you go back and look at his actual numbers from last year, you will probably be stunned because uh, he was actually the wide receiver one in truth for that team. Um, And then DK Metcalf, while he does have a limited route tree, you can't teach his size and strength and speed um, or speed at that size and strength. Um, so I just think he offers a, a unique thing that most offices don't really have um, in their repertoire. And then Lockett is just sort of your quarterback's best friend. And then I'm not going to give a lot of weight to Noah Fant, but he's been somewhat fantasy relevant tight end in the past. And he's he's there now. Um, so I, I ranked the Seahawks really highly because I just thought similar to Evans and Godwin, uh, Metcalf and Lockett just represent a fantastic wide receiver duo. Um, at seven, I have the Commanders. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. I just think is it's a trio similar to like what we talked about with the Bengals and Eagles, where each player offers you something different and something complementary. Um, Curtis Samuel played a little bit of a Debo Samuel light role last year, getting some snaps out of the backfield, some yeah. jet sweeps, some motion type stuff. McLaurin is kind of your wide receiver one. Um, he's a, a, a faster receiver. Um, and then Jahan Dotson is kind of like, uh, you know, the Deontay Johnson catches everything, um, sticky hands, Godwin Lockett-esque sort of receiver. And so I just really like the construction of that group um, from a projected offensive, you know, output. Uh, they're going to be a lot lower, you know, if we were to talk about like, you know, if we're talking about quarterback play, because these this is a team that's most likely going to be led by uh, Jacoby Brissett, um, but could potentially draft a rookie if they trade up or maybe um, Sam Howell. Lamar Jackson, you know, players like this wow. that are still out there. Yeah, Sam Howell, um, who was while he was a fifth round pick, a lot of teams had him in the third round and a lot of draft analysts thought that he would go considerably higher. Um, so I don't really know if the projection is going to be like the seventh most productive passing offense in the league, but as, as far as the talent of the players, I really like this group and number eight. Oh man. I got, I got, got, I got, got a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh, I have the Lions at number eight, but <laughs> this is not accurate because that's I, insane. Yeah, well, <laughs> to me, uh, the combination of Amon Ross, St. Brown, um, and uh, and Jameson Williams. Oh, I forgot about him. Oh, I did not factor him in. Uh-oh. Yeah, J- Jameson Williams, who was my you know, if we go back, was my number one favorite receiver yep. in last year's draft class. So I need to stay consistent with that even if he didn't show a ton in returning from injury obviously he was returning from injury and the flashes of speed were still there so for me i it was a monroe st brown and jameson williams um but also dj chark who is not on the lions um so i would probably have the lions not in the top 10 i would probably swap them with the bills who i have at 11 currently um just I'll, I'll sneak peek that because we already kind of talked about the bills, but basically they have digs and no one else. And not only do they have digs and no one else, but that's like an actual problem for them. Like teams target digs and then the, the offense suffers and 
Josh Allen feels like he needs to go hero mode and he throws interceptions. And so I think that's a team that really needs to benefit from a second weapon that's just not as much of a situational talent as Gabe Davis is, but someone that can be a little bit more consistent for Josh Allen. Um, but yeah, going back to my top 10, so Lions at eight, I would probably move them down to 11. Uh, at number nine, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nice. Um, I was really impressed with what Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram did last year, so much so that I would probably have them in my top 15, regardless of the addition of Calvin Ridley, um, who the last time we saw him was a, you know, probably a top 10 to top 15 receiver in this league. Um, so especially when we factor in, you know, overall offensive production from quarterback play. And even if we were to talk about Travis Etienne in here as a pass catching weapon, um, I think the Jaguars are, are a top 10 receiving core. And then at number 10, I have the Broncos. Nice, man. I really had the Broncos a lot higher than I do now. And they were about at the nine ten mark. And I felt crazy. I was like, I mean, I like them. I don't know if they're actually good though. Like, so there's a case to be made. They have depth, but they're kind of a bunch of B guys or slash unproven guys. Uh, but I think the X factor that really changes the tide here is Greg Dulcich, his emergence last year as a deep, big play guy. Like for him to be on this team really gives them a dynamic playmaking opportunity that Sutton really didn't prove he could do on his own last year, maybe the year before that as well. Jerry Judy still a bit unproven on the NFL level, has shown glimpses of greatness, was drafted very highly, uh, but has you know been plagued by injury or underperformance. And then Tim Patrick injured left uh, very early in the season last year very serviceable wide receiver three potentially one of the better wide receivers three uh wide receiver threes that we've mentioned thus far and yeah i, I do believe they have a a good ceiling if uh sean payton can get russell wilson to do something yeah yeah that's a good point and you know with everything and this is probably worth noting with all the moves that the uh, Broncos have made this offseason. It looks like they're going to be going towards a run first play action offense. Surprise, surprise, what Russell Wilson has been good at for his entire career. Um, so there might not be as much volume to go around. But for me, it's kind of what you mentioned. This is more like about the back end of the squad than the front end. I like Sutton. I think he's a B plus guy. I like Judy. I think he's like a B minus guy. He's incredible at getting open. He just has terrible hands. Um, Sutton kind of has the opposite uh, uh, traits. And then I really like Tim Patrick and I really like Greg Dulcich. And I do yeah. think that Dulcich is going to be a a name to like Dulcich is going to be one of the top tight ends taken in 2024 in fantasy drafts would be my projection for him. And uh, so I, I, a bit of projection in that ranking, but they just have so much talent and so many pieces on that receiving squad that it's kind of like if they can just put it together, the ingredients are easily there for a top 10 passing offense. Um, now, there have been trade rumors about Jerry Judy, and right. he, they would can drop a little bit uh, if he was no longer on that on that squad. Um, yeah, any, any strong disagreements? Obviously, we'd have a very different 6 through 10, but... I mean, yeah, I do have a couple of those teams vastly lower, but I don't think for any greater reasons than you've like championed them to be higher for so yeah it's the middle of the crowd here is hard to parse it depends what you value uh when you're looking at these receiving cores um whether you're factoring in quarterback play or projection i tried to give as little projection 
as I could because I was burned highly last year on the my Broncos take and what I thought they were going to be. Um, so for that reason, I try to take that out as much as I could. But of course, we do have to look ahead to the next season. And that's kind of why we're doing this whole exercise. So um, for now, I'm leaving that out as much as possible. But no, I don't have any deep disagreements. I think those are all teams I at one point had in my top 10 or at least close to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Broncos are officially in post-type sleeper territory, which is uh, a, good, a good place to be in fantasy football because there might be values on these players. And I'm starting to feel like we can expect some, and I hope this doesn't bite me in the ass, but some positive regression from Mr. Russell Wilson this year. Um, he can't be worse. <laughs> he can't be worse. And I know everyone wants to run and, and say like, Oh, he's just putting about this news about his injury because he was bad last year. And while there could be some truth to that, I kind of think it's a player that takes a lot of sacks and probably got pretty banged up and wasn't fully healthy. Yeah. Combined with everything else that was going on with just the incompetence of Nathaniel Hackett. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said, he can't be worse, but I wouldn't be surprised if he vaunts back up to like the 13th or 14th best quarterback in the NFL and, and has a pretty yeah. productive season. Um, okay. I'll run through my 11 through 15 and then pass it off to wait. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. 11 through 15 and then pass it off to you. We've already talked about some of these players um, and teams. So at number 11, I have the bills. Don't really need to go into detail there. Already kind of talked about that. Um, at number 12, I have the Cowboys. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I am mm -hmm. a Brandon Cooks stan, and he was just traded for, I think, the fifth or fourth time, um, but this time in-state to a team where he can uh, return to being a fantasy football mid-round darling. Um, so the combination of CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and a potentially resurgent Michael Gallup, who looked awful last year, but was also similar to Godwin dealing with uh, injury recovery. Um, Cowboys looking pretty strong at number 12 there. At 13, I have the Bears, who are the team that sort of prompted this whole exercise. Interesting. Um, after they acquired DJ Moore, um, the question arose, how good is a receiving core of DJ Moore, um, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool, and Cole Komet? And I kind of feel similarly than I do about the Broncos, who I had at 10, where there are a lot of good ingredients here that just need to all coalesce together. DJ Moore is a proven, you know, 1100 yard, 1400 yard receiver year in and year out. Darnell Mooney is an exciting flash player who gives you the deep threat options. Chase Claypool has not really lived up to athletic expectations or the price that he was acquired for by the bears, which was the 33rd overall pick in this upcoming draft. Uh, so he's going to have a lot to prove next year, but he does offer some exciting athletic potential, especially when you consider that you could do some probably fun backfield option stuff with uh, Claypool and Justin Fields there. Um, and then Cole Komet, who was finally starting to come on a little bit uh, last year as as Justin Fields' own passing skill was coming on. Um, so yeah, I have the Bears at a rate around 13 because they've just got a good mix of talent and they do have a, a true wide receiver one, even if he's on the lower end of wide receiver ones in DJ Moore. Um, and then I have the Vikings at 14 and the Chargers at 15. So Vikings, okay. Jefferson, but no one else. Chargers, um, 
I just think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are kind of like the slow version of the Dolphins. Like you've got these two (laughs) similar receivers, but they're both like, I mean, Keenan Allen isn't exactly a big play receiver, but he's like, you know, a possession move the sticks receiver. And then while Mike Williams is a big play receiver, it's all through contested catches. It's not through downfield separation. Mm -hmm. Um, So the lack of speed um, in this receiving core is is it is a problem yeah um i do feel like the chargers made an acquisition that i'm forgetting about i don't think it was a big one uh not a receiver anyways um i would be shocked yeah you're you're right i must have just imagined that for some reason i thought they signed someone speedy but i think i think i was just looking at draft stuff and that's what everyone is hoping that they'll they'll draft someone with that that's a downfield threat. Um, so, yeah, so that's my 11 through 15. What are you rocking there? All right, 11, I had the Jaguars. They were at times in my top 10, as you had for yourself. I totally agree. They did an impressive amount of work on offense with just Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, and the assorted cast behind them, like Jamal Agnew, et cetera. Uh, but now that Calvin Ridley is reinstated to the NFL as a player, after his gambling uh, <laughs> mishap there. Uh, I, that can only make things a lot better for this team. Trevor Lawrence proved he's taking strides as the uh, quarterback he was meant to be in the NFL. And that's very exciting for any Jaguars fans who've been on that train for a while. Uh, number 12, I have the Cardinals. Um, what? So DeAndre Hopkins is still a very good receiver, but he's looking to be traded so i think that kind of clouds a lot of people's expectations with the cardinals i don't know that their offense is going to be good but when i'm looking at it on paper deandre hopkins as the one hollywood brown as the two and then oh, kinda... i forgot about hollywood brown yeah i think that's the only reason i have them even close to the top 10 but otherwise they'd be like 20 ish but uh he's a very good wide receiver too he's not going to be a wide receiver one in the league but um that tandem is worth noting i think um we can't, you know, D Hop's getting old, but I don't think he can be discounted just yet. We haven't seen him fall off. He's still a 10 plus reception per game caliber receiver, and you don't really find that uh, very much. So I think they should be mentioned up there. I could move him down a few spots, but I think. No, with with Brown, I would have him right where you had him. I was I was looking at it as just an aging Hopkins and an ancient Zach Ertz and mm-hmm. a Hopkins that probably won't be on the team. And I had them uh, much lower, but I think, yeah, middle of the pack with Hollywood Brown in the mix there. Yeah, and there is a very good chance D-Hop won't be on the team. But for now, he is, so that's where I ranked him. Um, For the Saints at 13, uh, maybe this is... Yeah, uh, so Michael Thomas, you forget about him? Michael Thomas sucks. (laughs) I don't know if he can still play football. So maybe, so you know how I said I didn't factor in any projection? This is one I did. (laughs) Bro, But also, look at Michael Thomas's... Okay, okay, okay. It's so funny. So my my main (laughs) my main reason for having them this This man hasn't played in four (laughs) years. Okay. So my main reason for having them this high is Chris Olave is like the new Michael Thomas. And now Michael Thomas is like the second guy to me in talent on this team. And then they still have uh, Alvin Kamara on the roster. Uh, How many games he plays this year? Who knows? But uh, that should be mentioned for the receiving game. He didn't do a lot of it last year. I think that could come back. I don't know. Derek Carr is here now. Um, Whatever. But I think as a team, they've only gotten better this offseason. And I think there's a case to be made. They're 13th on the list. 
Yeah, I have him in the in the twenties because That's well, I, I do love Chris Olave. I didn't even incorporate Michael Thomas. Like Michael Thomas to me does not actually exist as a factor. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> a figment of our imaginations that like we vaguely remember him setting some insane record in 2019 uh-huh. and, and 149 receptions. Yeah. Yeah. And then since then he's racked up a total of 600 receiving yards and uh-huh. three touchdowns across three seasons. Right. So like I said, there's some projection here on my part. If he returns maybe 70% to form, then I think my projection is fair there. But uh, moving on. Well, remember like last year when he was like in the, didn't he catch like three touchdowns or something like that in like the first game or first two games and then just was hurt the rest of the year? Yeah, he had a yeah very, very short-lived season last year. So it's easy to forget him because he hasn't played much, like you said, in the past four years. <laughs> but he did flash when he played this last season, at least. Yeah, so I'm betting on something there. Uh, allegedly, Michael Thomas is somebody who helped recruit Derek Carr, so I imagine there's some connection there on the field. Uh, if it pans out or not, who's to know? But there will be some attempt at it, so... Uh, at 14, I have the Commanders. Uh, like you had them higher. I like that as well. I also, you know, troubled with whether they should go higher or not. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. I mean, it's really everything you want from a wide receiver trio. Uh, big play, contested catch content uh, potential. And Jahan Dotson, I think his rookie season marred by injury a bit, but he really popped uh, with subpar quarterback play. So I can't wait to see if that improves this year, if not, uh, but even if he's healthy, I think he's going to get better and make that wide receiver core even better. Uh, Number 15 kind of weighted the uh, top receiver on the team pretty heavily here. Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, on paper, their receivers, Kadarius Tony, who is a very big fantasy star, uh, but potentially unproven in the NFL thus far. MVS and Sky Moore, not exciting per se, especially to be in the top half of this rankings. But when you factor in Travis Kelsey and what Mahomes is capable of doing with this core of kind of Jags and Travis Kelsey, like it's just it has to be in the top half. I I can't put it any lower. I would have put it higher if they had a bigger name. But uh, Travis Kelsey alone, I think, commands the attention here, deserves my 15 spot. That's fair. I don't have, I have them at 19, so not that much further down the list for similar reasons. I mean, normally a, a team with a bunch of non-significant players and a 34 year old tight end would not be <laughs> like, you know, the top 20. Yeah. Uh, it's unusual. It's unusual, but it, it makes sense. Um, so why don't you run through your 16 through 20? All right. Um, My 16 is the Dallas Cowboys, which you mentioned CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, pretty solid core. Um, CeeDee Lamb hasn't quite lived up to the dominant wide receiver one potential we would have liked. But uh, with the addition of Brandon Cooks, maybe he gets a bit more opportunity, uh, a bit more open on the field. We'll see. Uh, Number 17, I have the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, who is amazing. And Deontay Johnson is the, you know, possession type receiver there. Pretty good on third down. He'll go up, he'll get a concussion. He'll come back in the field later <laughs> and uh, make it happen. And then Pat, Pat Fryermuth, he's like a tight end worth mentioning, but not really to wait too much. I, he didn't really factor in. He's just a guy I threw on the list so that I remembered he was there. And, you know, that's something. I like uh, Fryermuth. I think if they had a real, like a real quarterback, he would be a, a fantasy relevant tight end. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, or if they just scripted him more, either one. 
Um, number 18, I have the Seattle Seahawks. How you mentioned DK Metcalf, Tyler That's Lockett. That's way too low for good. the Seahawks. And you really did convince me. I think I have them too low. They just have nothing behind them. You have and the Chargers over the Seahawks. That's crazy. I don't think that's crazy, but I can understand why you would want to have the argument. So, yeah, the disparity there is too large. I would agree with that. Chargers to Seahawks, 18 to 8. That's probably too much. Uh, Seattle, I could see moving up to like 15-ish where the Chiefs are uh, near the Commanders on my list. But, uh, yeah, that's my take on it. I understand why you think so. But Tyler Lockett, aging out, he's still good. Um, DK Metcalf. He has flashes. He's so up and down. And beyond that, they don't have much. Um, I just really hope we can see another season that Geno Smith can really ball out. He earned his money this year. Um, I enjoy that character arc very much so. I would like to see that happen again. But I'm not predicting that he's going to play at that high level. Um, But if he plays at 80%, then I think that this is where I would have them. Uh, number 19, I have the Rams with Cooper Cup factoring in heavily here because nobody else I care at all about on that team. Uh, well, maybe Aaron Donald, but we're not ranking defenses. And even if we were, they wouldn't be high. <laughs> so, yeah, the Rams. Yeah, their Cooper defense Cup, is terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, and not the good kind of terrifying. Not the good kind of way. The, the kind of way that you're going to want to play your, your pl- offensive players against them this season, I think. They're, yeah. Yeah, like um, we're going to see probably the if Aaron Donald's on the team, the worst season ever from Aaron Donald because he's going to be playing like one versus 11 defense, essentially. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be triple teamed more than he's ever been, and he's older than he's ever been. Uh, but yeah, Allen Robinson, I don't care. Van Jefferson, I mean, all right, you're there. And beyond that, I don't even know who's on that team. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that they're like 19 pretty much only because of Cooper Cup. And then 20, I have the Jets with Garrett Wilson because I believe that he is going to be one of the new budding talents at wide receiver in the league. And they did supplement their core slightly with Alan Lazard, but they also got rid of Elijah Moore. They would have been much higher if they kept Elijah Moore in my mind. And if Alan Lazard was their third uh, ahead of Corey Davis, who's still on the roster, might be traded. There's rumors there. But I think Garrett Wilson being a pretty obvious Budding talent is worthy of their 20th spot here. And Alan Zard's an okay too. Nothing crazy though. Yeah, I, I had them around like 18 or until the more trade, and then I moved them to 21. So we're basically like that's fair in lockstep there. Um, my 16 through uh 20 at 16, I have the Browns. Um mainly because like I like the addition of Elijah Moore, but we really have only ever seen one season from Elijah Moore and it wasn't like he topped a thousand yards he had like 600 yards and granted that was with Zach rookie year Zach Wilson and whatever terrible carousel was going on in that quarterback room he's clearly clearly a talented player but teams don't often give up talented players for a a pick swap and not much else so I think like while there's reason to be excited about more on the Browns um there's maybe a little bit too much projection in saying like, oh, so. now the Browns are a great receiver core, but Amari Cooper is, is a fantastic player. So I still have them at 16 at 17. I have the Raiders. Uh, I could not believe that you didn't mention Hunter Renfro uh, when you talked about the the Raiders, but he is, uh, I dropped his name, but very briefly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, because originally I, I had the Raiders lower when I was just thinking, okay, it's like, it's just Adams. He's, 32 years old but then i forgot about renfro 
So I bumped him up. And then Jacoby Myers is a nice piece. Like, I don't know about you, but I would rather have Jacoby Myers than Juju Smith-Schuster. I would too. Yeah. I mean, he knows the system. He's proven that he's good in the system. They should have paid him. He apparently was like kind of upset about it because he quoted like, I don't know why it didn't work or something after Juju got uh, signed for nearly the same money. They got like the exact same deal. So it's like, why would you not just give that to Jacoby? He's, I don't know. Yeah, I agree entirely. It's like, um, it's like, I mean, to me, it's like the biggest sign that the Patriots are going downhill for sure because <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> like the the whole point of like having a homegrown player is to like award that player a contract that makes other players want to come to your team you know what i mean like like they made your kobe myers this thing he earned that right he then it would have made sense if they had brought juju in at like a 15 million dollar a year deal but if they, you know, if they had money allocated towards receiver, like they should have given it to the player that's that's proven themselves uh, to that team, and just that kind of like, like that kind of move that has so little consideration for locker room dynamics. I feel like is happens when coaches are kind of like don't give a crap and are on on their way out. Um, so that's kind of that was a, a red flag for me. Um, yeah, so seventeen Raiders, eighteen Rams. Uh, mainly for the uh, Cooper Cup factor there. Uh, 19, I have the Chiefs. Um, you could basically compare the Rams and the Chiefs as sort of like one weapon having teams. Um, and Cup is just a couple of years younger than than Kelsey. So that's why I went Rams over Chiefs. And then at 20, I have the Steelers with Deontay Johnson, Pickens, and Friermuth forming a promising trio. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we had some similar ratings there, at least not too far apart, besides a couple anomalies up near the 10 to 15 range. But yeah, I, I would agree with those rankings. Yeah, I think um, my Cardinals ranking is probably my most wrong ranking, and uh, so far at least, and your Seahawks ranking is probably the most wrong ranking so far, or at least the ranking yeah. I disagree with the most. Um, I will run with through my 21 to 25 now. So 21, as I mentioned, I have the Jets. I I really like uh, Garrett Wilson, but I don't really like Alan Lazard, and I think they're going to cut Corey Davis. So yeah. it's it's really just they have a a young, promising talent um, there at 22. And I'm very interested where you put this team. I have the Falcons, um, okay, because they do have Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I have or, them at 23. Yeah, so it's like. Even though they haven't shown like anything <laughs> at all, I still feel like there's a lot of projection kind of involved with that one. But there Drake is. London and Kyle Pitts were two top 10 picks at a receiving weapon position. So there's hope. And also bringing in Johnny Smith, you know, to be maybe more of the blocking tight end. Allegedly could free, free up Kyle Pitts. Look, I'll say it. I'm a, I'm going to be drafting Kyle Pitts next year. Like I'm not going to let this one year scare me off um and i'll also be targeting drake london um at 23 i have the cardinals i already mentioned that i would probably have them six or seven spots higher um because i sort of just forgot about the existence of hollywood brown um at 24 i have the colts okay i can Um, live with it 
Michael Penn not far off. Yeah. He's a guy. He's like a wide receiver <laughs> two, uh, masquerading as a wide receiver one. In I'm mind. trying to remember if there's anyone else on the Colts that I'm forgetting. Nope. Alec nope. Pierce, uh, second round draft pick last year, didn't really show much last year. Uh, Ashton Doolin is their wide receiver three. Isaiah mm, McKenzie's on the Colts now, apparently. Yeah. That. So, <laughs> so a bunch of like pieces that are not exciting or hardly worth mentioning. They'll be on your waiver. Yeah, I guess I, I liked Pierce coming out, and I like Pittman, so I have him them at twenty four. Once again, these lower, like this last ten, it's just kind of like they could all be interchangeable. Um, yeah. And at twenty five, I have the Packers. Uh, you might have the Packers way lower. But... Not my, not by much, but yeah, I, I agree. They're around there. If for the Packers, as as all I listed was Christian Watson and. Uh, is there anyone else to be concerned about? I guess no. Um, Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs. Yeah, or, I mean, uh, Dobbs. Yeah. Um, he had some flashes, and then Samore Toure. I mean, that's their wide receiver three. So like, there's nothing behind those two guys. And Romeo Dobbs is just like he flashed. What is he? We don't even know yet. Uh, especially what could he be with Jordan Love? That's something to consider here. The big quarterback change. But Aaron Jones catches pick passes out of the backfield. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think this was more about Christian Watson hype and projection than anything else. Um, I do love me some Christian Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really came on at the last half of the season, and I'm always like a little hesitant about that. Like, uh, like you know, Gabe Davis kind of did the same thing. Uh, who was that? Travis Fulgham had a had a, a couple of weeks yeah. there where yeah. like you four know, weeks he was the wide receiver one. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm always like a little hesitant to take a limited sample size and then project from there. But with Christian Watson, a player who came in incredibly raw, the fact that he came on towards the end of the season and in a way that would like was showcasing his physical talents rather than just like soaking up targets in the way Travis Fulgham was, um, I think showed that he's going to stick around in this league as a, as a promising player. Um, Who are your 21 to 25? All right, 21, I have the Broncos, who I already mentioned. I had much higher at the beginning of the exercise, but I was just personally burned by them on all my takes (laughs) last year. So you know what? They're going down quite a lot. But ultimately, I think they're middle of the pack, like 15-ish, 16-ish kind of talent for their receiving core. Very excited about Greg Dulcich this season to see if he can repeat that emergence that he had. And hopefully, Russell Wilson bounces back with Sean Payton as the head coach. Twenty-two. So I have the Ravens here. I don't think you've mentioned the Ravens yet. The Ravens are 29 for me. Yeah, and I understand why. But to me, it's kind of the Travis Kelsey thing. Like Mark Andrews is their wide receiver one, and then their wide receiver two being Rashad Bateman. I'm fine with Rashad Bateman being that wide receiver two there. But the real problem is beyond that, they have absolutely nothing. They have special teams players uh, masquerading as wide receivers like Devin DuVernay, a couple of splash plays. Cannot be relied right, Deshaun upon. Deshaun Jackson was on the Ravens last year. Yeah, and uh, we like, saw him catch a big pass in, uh, <laughs> in Jacksonville. That was fun. Uh, what a game that was. But uh, yeah, beyond that, guess who James Prochet the second is? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what they're dealing with. So, you know, I couldn't put him any higher. This is as high as I could justify just because Mark Andrews is a baller. Uh, he deserves to be mentioned. Rashad Bateman, a very talented wide receiver, probably not a dominant one, especially in a lower volume passing offense that we've seen from them lately. But I think they're worthy of low 20s. Yeah, I think your spot is better than my spot. I think uh, this is a matter of like 
recency bias into like how decrepit that passing attack was. It was that I just I just had them so low in my mind. But when you mm-hmm. look at the actual players, like Andrews and Bateman, like that's already I mean, it's it doesn't hold a candle to the Travis Kelsey Mahomes connection, no. but it's already more than the Chiefs are working with in terms of like rece- multiple receiving talent options. So um yeah, I think around 22 to 25 is, is a good spot for that. Um, now, if Tyler Huntley's throwing them the ball the oh, next God, season, no. uh, you can just kind of fade the Ravens entirely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be a nightmare for all Ravens fans and for fantasy football. Uh, uh, 23, I have the Falcons, uh, not too far behind you. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, very exciting players. Problem is they haven't really like lived up. Well, Drake London did a pretty good job his rookie season. I can't say that about him. Kyle Pitts had a very good rookie season but maybe not as explosive as some people were hoping for in fantasy world, but uh, second season, not as good. Just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. That's concerning. And then beyond that, can you even name the next two receivers they have on that team? With uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, I believe is one. Uh, is he still there? I don't know. Um, but I, I have listed Mac Collins and Frank Darby. I didn't know they signed Mac tra- Collins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, worried <laughs> but yeah. uh drake london kyle pitts is enough to get excited about i'll put him at 23 and then i have the, <laughs> the bears here at 24 Josh ali is listed at, as their uh-uh. i don't know who that is nope. also the bears that's so low i don't think it's that low uh darnell mooney uh was a darling for fantasy after his draft but he's shown splash plays i don't think he's like proven much yet at the nfl level chase claypool really fell off last year after trading the 32nd pick in the draft for chase claypool like but dj moore yes and then dj moore is the only reason they're at 24 for me they were like last (laughs) interesting Uh, uh so you know there's unproven talent uh mooney and claypool in my mind that's how i view them dj moore somebody who didn't do much last year also burned me personally so maybe that's why they're here uh but but I think on paper, you can make a case for them. You could also make a case against them. So uh, that's where I feel the Bears belong. And then maybe I'd have the Lions above them if I redid this, but I don't think so. Amon Ross St. Brown, he did a very good job. All right. I'm still not that excited. I don't know if I believe in him like to, to last. I did forget to rank Jameson Williams here. That was my big gaffe of my rankings. Uh, so they'd be much higher after that consideration. But Beyond that, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, just a bunch of guys who play special teams part-time. So, uh, yeah, the line should be higher in my rankings. But Amon Ross St. Brown, a good wide receiver, too. I didn't really consider that Jamison Williams was healthy again, and he just faded out of my memory from last season. To me, Amon Ross is in that Cooper Cup mold where he may look like a wide receiver, too, but in reality, he's a wide receiver, one, Interesting. Um, because of okay. the quarterback player connection and just how you yeah. can always find holes in the zone and ways to be open. I also think then you're just uh, shorting DJ Moore, which is funny because like last year I went on a big rant about how I would never draft DJ Moore um, because all he does is produce, produce 1100 yards and four touchdowns every season. And he gets overdrafted to do that. <laughs> and then um, I drafted him. It got burned. <laughs> but the, here's the thing. Did you know that DJ Moore set a career high in touchdown receptions last year? I believe that. Cause he was uh perennially a low receiving touchdown guy like he had never had more than four right his first yeah. two seasons he had seven last year and 888 receiving yards with darnold and pj 
Walker, Walker yeah, and uh, I know. Baker Mayfield. I just think that like, I'm not a huge DJ Moore fan personally, but I think he's talented enough that he you have the, the role core. types that they can now like thrive. Like now you have the wide receiver one and you don't have to have Mo- Mooney run wide receiver one routes or chase Claypool, God forbid, ride yeah. run wide receiver one route. So I think like, it's just going to be one of those things where adding more, unlocks production year year round and we've already kind of seen the narrative comparisons to um josh allen and jalen hurts and tua tungavoyola in that all in their third season in the nfl they added a top receiving weapon aj brown Diggs, and tyree kill and then their their sort of offensive production exploded from there Mm. so that's kind of what i'm hoping and projecting for the bears but i like you said, they haven't proven much yet, so I can see why you might have them lower. Yeah, so that rounds out my 25. Do you just want to go through your 26 through 32 and lump it in as the the abysmal back end of the NFL wide receiving cores here? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about these. Uh, at 26, I have the Saints because it's, to my mind, like just Chris Olave. Um, yeah. At 27, I have the Patriots, who could probably be even lower um but i have juju as like they're really only receiving weapon on that team and taekwon thorin i kind of like but hasn't really shown much um at 28 i have the giants who have darren waller and like 30 slot receivers on their team uh don't really <laughs> 30 know what's injury prone there. slot receivers yeah, yeah 30 injury prone slot receivers and injury prone tight end darren waller so <laughs> that's going to be uh I think I'm going to enjoy that season as an Eagles fan, as the Giants are just kind of have their hopes built up by some of these offseason acquisitions and then are and just then crushed. crushed. And I also will enjoy as a Patriots fan. <laughs> yeah, that, that should be good. At 29, I have the Ravens. But as you mentioned, I think I would have them uh, higher um, just based on Andrews. And then rounding things out here, I have the Panthers with Chark, Thielen, and Terrace Marshall. At 31, I have the Titans, who have Traylon Burks mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh at 32 I have the Texans who have Robert Woods, Nico Collins and hopefully John Mechie. Yeah, I have no objections with that. I have for my 26 the Colts uh not quite as high as on you uh for Michael Pittman, but yeah, cuz beyond that they have nothing. They still don't know who the quarterback is. Just not a lot for me to get excited about right now. 27 I have the Packers, Christian Watson, uh Romeo Dobbs, Samori Toure, so it's really just Christian Watson and who knows what Jordan Love can provide for these guys. Uh 28 we're in lockstep there with the Giants, Darren Waller and I I just had to write them all out. So behind Darren Waller, we have Wait, let me see if I can name some. Yeah. So Wandale Robinson who Wondell I started to Robinson. say and go um, for it. Okay, so besides Wondell Robinson, I know they just signed Jamison Crowder. Oh, um, did they? I didn't they, even catch that. Like a day or two ago, they signed Jamison okay. Crowder. I know they signed Sterling Shepard. Yep. Um, and then there's like the guys that were like on the team this year. Yeah. Oh God, we talked about them like every week. We were like, oh, the Giants rolling out Hudgens, Isaiah Hodgins. Yes, good job. And whoever Isaiah Hodgins was playing with. Uh, so it was Darius Slayton, I guess. Well, oh, he's I forgot healthy. About him. Forgot about him. Yeah. And then they did just sign Paris Campbell this offseason, another uh, okay. injury-prone receiver. 
Yeah. So it, it's a mess. It's a it's, mess. It's not good. <laughs> no, like even if they're all healthy, it's not a lot to get excited about. I, I'm worried for that. I mean, Saquon, I, maybe we should mention him as part of this team because he does catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, but I don't know. It's just rough. Uh, and then 29 ahead, the Patriots, uh, Juju, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton. I mean, they signed Mike Kosicki. We, they got rid of Johnny Smith. I, I'm worried about their decision making in the off seasons for the past couple of years, and I don't want to talk about it any further. Uh, I do want to talk about it a little <laughs> no, bit. No, I hate about, you. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Just for, do you remember when they went on that massive free yes. spree? Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Kendrick Henry, Bourne, John Hunter Henry, Smith. John Smith. They spent like 128 million dollars. They spent like in a like record amount. Yeah, and all they got out of it, and granted, he's a good player, is Matthew Judon. Yeah, he's yeah. I am excited about Matthew Judon. I like him a lot. I I'm love like, watching him with the red sleeves. It's like I might buy a jersey. Yeah. To be honest, uh, so yeah, we're not going to talk about that <laughs> beyond this. <laughs> uh, but then I had the Panthers, who did sign DJ Chark with Adam Thielen and Terrace Marshall Jr., who may or may not turn out to be something. Uh, Thirty-one Titans, Traylon Burks, and then. Chigaconquo, I think. Oh, could. I do like me a Chigaconquo. Yeah. He's going to be a very hot tight end, quote unquote, sleeper pick who's going to go in like the fifth or sixth round because of the hype. Yeah. And because <laughs> uh, of the lack of receiving weapons. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a major case to be made. He's going to be the fantasy darling tight end hack, like to win your league. But, uh, you know, I'm very excited to watch him. I don't know how high I'll draft him. We'll see. Uh, and then 32 Texans, uh, Robert Woods. Nico Collins, Noah Brown. You probably even never heard of Noah Brown. Maybe yeah, no, I drafted closely. him. Or in Dynasty, I had him because he I don't mean you. Sorry, I mean the listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you have. Yeah, right. you tried to trade him to me. I think. Yeah, I know. He, <laughs> I think he, he was did playing well for a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> kind of as soon as someone got healthy, he disappeared. But um, yeah. So good lists. We'll average these lists and see if we can come up with like a, a consensus. But I'm curious as as we wrap up the pod, one final question. What's one player in your bottom five teams that you're excited to draft? And what's one player in your top five teams who is on your do not draft list or you're not excited to draft? Okay. So I think it's pretty easy for my bottom five. I have Christian Watson for the Packers at uh, spot 27. I think even if Jordan Love is mediocre as a quarterback, Christian Watson is still going to command this offense uh, as far as targets and uh, high value um, opportunities go. And then for my top five, who I'm not excited to draft, that is more interesting, I would say. Um, honestly, George Kittle. Um, I, I have him lumped into this wide receiving conversation because I think he should be, but uh, he's my number four team, 49ers. I don't know if he's worth the draft capital. Like, I can probably draft Chica Conquo and get the same production a couple rounds later. So that's that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, we don't know what the quarterback is going to be on that team. And, like, we don't – like, there's just so many weapons now that Kittle doesn't yeah. have to be a – he can yeah. help the team in other ways. Um, my answer to that question, I think I'm going to go – um, either Nico Collins or Robert Woods. I'm just going to the bottom wow. of the worst team wow. in the league because wow. for for two for two reasons. One, you're crazy. And then two, <laughs> what is the two? <laughs> D'Amico Ryans, who sure. I believe is going to be an excellent head coach. Even if he's a defensive-minded head coach, I think he's going to have this this team in a, in a lot better shape than they have been in the past few years. 
And Bryce Young, man. Like one of the like if Bryce Young goes to this team, one of these receiving options is gonna be uh worth drafting. I've always liked Nico Collins. I don't know if he can step in in year three and, and be a productive player, but I think one of here, Robert Woods, will be a 1000 yard receiver to be honest because i think bryce young is is going to come in and play well um i think he's the most you know pro ready in terms of being able to produce immediately um behind an uh an nfl offense and then in the top five i'll go mike evans um just because i'm not really excited about the potential of kyle trask or baker mayfield baker mayfield throwing the ball and which is weird to say uh, yeah. <laughs> and just like, I love Mike Evans. Um, but I think name recognition and the streak just gives him an ADP that you can get a lot. Like there are players right now that are rising and there are players that are falling just based on age. Like, I think we're, this is a big year for kind of a, a cardinal shift in the fantasy community, especially at running back, but even at, at receiver as like, okay, Devontae Adams is 31. Uh, Hopkins is getting up there. Evans mm-hmm. is getting up there. And then these other names like Amon Ross St. Brown and Chris Olave um, are going to be kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if like those are the players that end up outproducing yeah, the bigger names. Right. And so when I look at some of the big names that give me pause, Mike Evans is, is one. Uh, obviously very early to be having that discussion. But um, yeah, that, those are our uh, wide receiver group rankings. Love them or hate them, but they're ours. Yeah. Um, so listen to the pod, like, subscribe, follow us on social media, whatever, man. So much content. Yeah, so much so content. So much output. You can't keep up. But I probably do. will put a consolidated wide receiver ranking list out there so you can at least uh, yell at Dane and I for not ranking your team's receivers. Yeah, well, I, mine are perfect, so just yell at him because I, I don't know why you'd <laughs> want to have any quarrel with me. But. Yeah, Seahawks fans, uh, Dane's email address <laughs> is. <laughs> um, uh, all right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you. We're not doing regular episodes, but we'll have some draft content coming out soon. Surely one more before the draft uh, schedule permitting. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening.